Hi guys, welcome back to Safe Space Podcast. I'm Lynn. Hi, I'm Munira. Someone's still absent. Yeah, she's still not feeling well. So we pray for her. Recovery, inshallah, and she will be with us soon. So Munira, mm-hmm. how have you been after leaving us? Welcome back, first of all. Eh, alhamdulillah, it's good to be back. I had a lot to deal with at exams. You know, competing with Gen Zs, you really have to put extra, extra work for you to get that A. Because <laughs> you can't, it's a normalization here. Yeah. And the last time we were in school was like 12 years ago. Wow. So yeah, it was a bit hectic, but alhamdulillah, I'm done with that. How were the exams? Not bad. So far, so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, welcome back. Economy na kupelekaje, fuel ina kupelekaje. Do you know, you told me to go fuel juice in the and gone. Now I'm looking at prices online. I'm like, what? Have you seen that margin? It was 170 something, right? Yeah. Now it's gone to 195. One nine, yeah, 191. 195. 191. I saw 195. I'm, I'm actually even scared to go line up. I don't know. There's no line up now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the price is that high. It's 195.53. Going to a petrol station gives me so much anxiety. Like I'm reading, I'm looking at that meter to stop reading, but it keeps going. So you see it hits 10,000 and, and going. It's crazy. This economic times are wild. And then they've increased their salaries. Imagine. No, wonder. I was seeing no. on Twitter. That is, I didn't vote for him. So that gives a bit of, gives me a bit of, you know. A bit of. I I I don't agree with that agreement because even the people who voted for him mm. were sold for a dream. Um, Ruto seemed like um because he's he comes from struggle, he'd be a better president to us. He he wasn't part of the dynasty, so whether you voted for him or not, we're all Kenyans and we're suffering. There's the government, there's the economic crisis that the whole world is going through. And then there's the government prioritizing their salaries over over its people. Yeah. Yeah. So this argument of oh, you know, you voted for him. Yeah. Suffer you, me. I voted. I wanted. I prefer Raila. Or it, you know, those conversations right now really don't matter. So what? You vote. You didn't vote for him. Are you suffering or not? Yes, you are. You voted for him. Are you suffering or not? We're all suffering. Time of politics and elections issued in August last year. Right now, we're mm. all just suffering. This pointing fingers, I was <laughs> having an argument on Friday, and I'm like, you know, this pointing fingers really doesn't make sense to me, yeah. in all honesty. But I was seeing on Twitter that this uh, bill, somebody was saying this mm. salary increment yeah. is just is a ploy where... When it's taken to Ruto, he's going to deny it, mm-hmm. and then tell us Kenyans, like you see, I even refuse them from increasing their salaries. But I think it has been passed. They are getting a raise. Oh my god! That was just early last week uh, on Twitter. I was seeing that. But say, Indo Maisha Tunaishi to Pambane, and I was being told it will be about two, three years before we stabilize. So for now, people should just. Restructure their lives and their way of living. Cut down unnecessary expenses. 
<laughs> yeah, just just survive until we get a way out, which mm-hmm. might which is two to three years. Now, That's a whole baby born, and we'll be walking and talking by then. Imran, <laughs> <laughs> Sasa. <laughs> yeah. Imran, by then, now we'll know everything. Hi, my God. Yes. I, don't, I don't know how long we can take it. I'm, I'm, I feel like if I'm feeling this way, how is everybody else feeling? Kenny, you, you can't even walk into the supermarket. You know, you're, you're looking at your money, you're like, no, this one at eight at Masha. You just pick Mkati and Mazio, and that's it. You can't that's even look crazy. at so I go to the supermarket every week and every week and I buy no more or less the same things. There's yeah. a price increase, whether it's one bob or five bob, but there is a price increase in everything every week. And you wonder, you wonder, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Anyway, it gives me a headache these days. So let's go. Let's go on today's topic. Yeah, we're talking about premarital uh, counseling. Tell us why you chose the topic. This is actually a topic uh, my group members and I were discussing about uh, for over four weeks. We've been working on it to present in school. I was actually a bit terrified that I'm going to present in front of people, but I actually did well. So, <laughs> Oh, you presented it already? Yes, I presented it on Thursday. Okay. And it was, uh, it was controversial. Like we had the class, everyone's hand was up. Everyone wants to know what is this? What is this premarital counseling? When do people go for it? What is the benefits? You know, what are the disadvantages? Who, who is it appropriate for? Someone who wants to get it now or just normal couples who are dating? You know, people want to know who is it for? Okay, so maybe we start by defining what premarital counseling is. Yeah. So what do you think what is premarital counseling? Uh, <laughs> uh, in my opinion, yeah, it's a form of therapy or yeah. counseling that couples go to yeah. before they get married. That this mm-hmm. is a, a counseling or therapy session that they go to together before they get married. Yeah, it's a type of therapy that prepares couples for marriage. Yeah, that's it. Hey, okay. W- would you go for premarital counseling if you were there? Yes, I would. <laughs> but I, I don't think if you asked me this a couple of years back, I'd tell you yes. But yeah. right now, I feel like it's very important yeah. because marriage is not easy. And married people realize yeah. this. When in marriages, this counseling yeah. helps you, or rather, it um, it manages your expectations. Most people go into marriages thinking that it's a bed of roses, but I feel like this counseling manages your expectations and prepares you for what to yeah. expect and equips you with skills on how to manage these things that might occur in in your marriage, good and bad. So, uh, someone asks. Um, in class when I was doing this presentation and yes, so if people go for premarital counseling, do they show their true colors? Like, would you know their true colors when you're going for these sessions over and over? If you're getting married, like you have to do it for a couple of times, eight to times, I think eight, six to eight times before you get married. So over a couple of months, you have to keep doing it. So someone asked, so 
maybe this person would not tell you their their you know because in premarital counseling this is where you talk about your financials everything that comes to family dynamics everything so what he asked is like so what happens if this person doesn't show their true intention when you're going through this therapy okay this is also my opinion and and how i perceive therapists yeah they they have this ability to read sort of body language so i feel like if you're lying and you have seen the therapist over like a number of times they already know that when you're sort of lying there's yeah. some body moves you make yeah so they're able to tell whether this person is genuine or not that's yeah. my opinion but also yeah. there is an an ability to to just lie you never mm-hmm. know it's a gamble even you just taking that leap to marry somebody a stranger yeah is a gamble how sure are you this person is who you think they are with or without counseling you can never be sure yeah so in short counseling premarital counseling doesn't show the true colors of one their true intention it's just the it's sort of dealing with uh, more straightforward um, issues like you know what you're going to deal in the marriage not the person who you yeah with. the the counseling is not for the person it's not for an individual it's yeah. for the marriage it's just equipping you with skills to be able to to have a good marriage lack of a better word yeah that's why we have individual counseling so people normally say as you're doing premarital counseling yeah. go for your individual therapy sessions as well so you're healing as an individual and then you're coming together as a couple to discuss um your marriage your potential marriage yeah so um, i would advise people who are getting married please just find out what your partner thinks about therapy if they feel like therapy is a waste of time i would just tell you to run <laughs> because in this day and age everybody has gone through some sort of trauma trauma and yes. therapy equips you with ways on managing these traumas and healing eventually so if somebody tells you that they can't go and talk to somebody they're going to unleash this trauma on you because it always catches up so mm-hmm. yeah just have these hard conversations before you even get to the uh, premarital counseling first understand yeah. just be, get choose a partner who you can reason with and some things are similar in like we both prioritize our mental wellness that's a person now you can sit down and reason with true so if if you had someone who in your family or your close knit who's getting married and you're telling this person please go for premarital counseling and they ask you why like what's the point how how would you pass that message and telling them i would tell them premarital counseling helps you address potential challenges that may yeah. occur in your marriage and it can help strengthen your relationship most people shy away from talking about finances and children and all these hard conversations or things that you think are common to you might not be common to the other person maybe yeah. you you're going into the marriage thinking that the man will take care of all the bills he's going into the marriage thinking it's 50-50 You guys didn't have this conversation. So now you're in a marriage and you start clashing from day one. 
because of expectations when you could have had the conversation. Yeah. Maybe you wanted children and your husband does not want children. You never had these conversations from get-go. So you see, premarital counseling brings these conversations to the table and you have sort of a mediator as you're discussing them. Somebody to help guide you. True. You see, one of the benefits that actually stood out when we were discussing about this was one of them that actually directly or indirectly affected me was um, one of the benefits was family dynamics. And uh, yeah, I think family dynamics mostly because now you're looking at this like you're getting married. There are two families, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe cultural difference. There's so many differences that you guys have. And you're coming together. So if you don't go through primary counseling, you're all going in not knowing. You see, like, you don't know if your husband likes visitors just who pop without giving you, giving someone a call, a heads up or something. And then you, you have these other families that don't do that. Like, they show up whenever they feel like. So you're there very confused because no one actually prepared for this. Like, two mm-hmm. different Two different dynamics here. And then the other thing that stood with me is like the family. Again, um, when your husband is expecting more kids and yourself, you're done. As in, you don't. Now, that's the case with me and my husband. He actually wants more kids. And I'm at a point where I can't have any more. Maybe in the near future, but no. But if I actually went through premarital counseling and I was to... I, he told me about his expectation. I had my, you know, we came together and someone listening to us. I, I feel like we would have, you know, a bit you of understanding. You having the back and forth because yeah, like, you entered the marriage knowing this is where we settled at. Yeah, two kids, that's it. We're mm. done. But yeah. yeah. But I feel great. like the biggest issues in marriage are finances and children. Yes. I think that's the other one that really stuck with me too. Yeah, finances. And I and the biggest one being finances. I think children, you can yeah. sort of come to a compromise. Also, children depend on finances. But yeah. with money, if you, in, in our religion, we say that it's fully the man's duty to take care of you and yeah. the family. But in this financial, in our economy right now, yeah. If you can have two incomes in a household, it's even better. So these are things is it's good to to know beforehand. And uh, having, I feel like if you're just having this conversation, mostly for younger people, I feel like at our age, having yeah. this, like for me, for example, since I'm not married, I don't think I would shy away from having such conversations because my shame and slap. I have the courage <laughs> to have such conversations. But for the younger people who are looking to get married, mm-hmm. I feel like they shy away from having these conversations mm-hmm. and they also have some weird imagination of how, of how marriage should, should be. So if you want to sit down and find out their favorite food, their favorite color, and should be, when you should be asking about money. What is, uh, yes, yeah. So how is our living? How much can you afford? What yeah. are your expectations of me? What are my expectations of you? Just have these tough conversations beforehand. True. You see, yeah. I think it kind of um, affected me too. So uh, 
I come from uh, another different from my husband's. So my husband's is, I think we're the, we're the same religion, but culture-wise we're different. So mm-hmm. I think I'm actually rediscovering my religion, but until my therapist actually told me that my husband is the sole provider, you know, as in, I, re- I really don't have to chip in, as in, he has to do everything. And coming from another culture that everyone goes to hustle, we come back at home to Nagawa, the thing is put on the table, like, you know, this is mine, is. So I feel I was told that, you know, and then I was told much later when I was really into it, deep, deep kabisa. So I feel like these things is mostly financial and and family dynamics, that one I think is the biggest, biggest affect marriages. Yeah. Also, one other benefit I would believe of um, uh, premarital counseling is the emphasis on communication. Oh, yes. <laughs> because it, it equips you with, uh, it equips you on how to approach some situations. Yeah. Because I feel like um, coming from our background where communication was never a thing, we tend to either be very aggressive or very silent about issues. There's never an in-between. You're either somebody who snaps at you if you're told, oh, why does this food have so much salt? You know, it's just a question. Maybe Ulkomezuba yeah. uh, or you didn't realize there could be very many issues. Your mind is not there. Yeah, or you just feel- decide to stay silent and feel like it's an attack. Any any form of communication might be an attack to you if somebody yeah. is not complimenting you. Exactly. Yeah. So if it 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 equips you with ways to communicate on how to address issues, if something is not right, don't always just go and start fighting. Sit down and have a conversation and come to an understanding. If something is bothering you, don't just keep quiet address it, and come to an understanding. And with the communication, you also get uh, problem-solving skills. Like if it's A, B, C, D, this is how we're going to solve this issue. Yeah, I feel like in every relationship, marriage, there will be conflict. But how how every couple decides to handle it actually determines how that marriage would be. Exactly. And most marriages, if you ask somebody... Most not not even marriages, most relationships. If you ask somebody why that relationship ended, it would be because of a communication issue. Well, uh, A, B, C, D, maybe you did something to me. I kept quiet and decided I've cancelled you. In, in this era of cancel culture, <laughs> or maybe I said something, yeah. it was misinterpreted, and then it, a fight came out of it. Mm-hmm. The friendship has ended. We don't communicate. And then with technology, we're very used to texting. And so much is lost in the text. Tones are very uh, misunderstood in texts. You know, when you're talking to somebody, like actually having a verbal oral conversation, you can gauge the tone. This one is sympathetic. This one is rude. This one is angry. You can actually gauge. But with text, a, a lot is lost in translation. Sure. So I feel oh. like even the therapy, the, the premarital counseling, the counselor is going to tell you to avoid having tough conversations via text. Sit down and talk. 
because you can be able to read someone's body language. You can, t- if you're sorry, somebody can see that you're actually sorry and you're not just saying it for their sake. <laughs> yeah. And another, another, another thing that, another benefit that stood up was uh, relationship expectations. Like, I feel like when you're going to marriage, you have so many expectations, like, I, this guy, this guy was it, you know, he's going to be the, the solution to all my problems. <laughs> you're going to buy me flowers every week. Yes, I'll be getting chocolates every time on I'm on my peas or something like that, you know. <laughs> but all those expectations is just, you know, you I feel like maybe when you when you date someone and then you get married to them, I don't know what happens, but there's just a very significant change. It's, and it's very simple. Yeah. When you're dating somebody, you're trying to impress them to get them to marry you. Once you've gotten the person, you stop yeah. trying because your goal was to mm. get them, was to impress them, and you succeeded. Now you have them. So you take a step back, Kazimisha. Imagine. I feel like yeah. that's that's somehow unfair because here you are, I'm used to being spoiled, but now I'm your wife, everything stops. I don't think that's right. But I know that's where communication comes in. I watch TMI podcast and um, Muruki and Lydia keep saying, people are not mind readers. You know, this man was doing it then because he was trying to get you. Now that he's gotten you in his head, he feels like, now I can relax. See, now she's my wife. But you're supposed to tell the man, this is what I like. I like it. I used to like it when you bought me flowers. Can you make it a thing? I used to like it when we went out for dinner. Can you make it a thing? Like, just communicate with the man. Yeah. But I feel like even um few kids down the line, everyone is just exhausted. Like, we're just surviving, you know. Who even remembers to get your flowers and we hear you, are, we are struggling with kids. <laughs> I feel like... like this day, yeah. there's yeah. those flower subscriptions. You can just tell your husband, there's this subscription you can pay for a month. Every week, I will be getting flowers. It leaves relieves the pressure off of him and you you're happy every week i hope you're getting your flowers i hope he hears this i can i can this then will be the instagram snippet <laughs> i know you <laughs> no i scare but i feel like it's just communication there's some people um uh, you don't know your partner's love language. Maybe you're there constantly buying them gifts when that is not their love language. Then they maybe prefer acts of service or uh, quality time and you're there buying them gifts. So it's also good to understand your partner's love language. And at these things discussed in therapy, I think they are nowadays. I'm yeah. seeing most, most people. Yeah, because you do that personality test and you get to understand your partner better. Yes. Yeah, I think they are discussed there. Yeah, so it would be easier to find out your partner's love language and manage expectations. Wow. I don't know. I don't know how we're going to emphasize this. Like, this thing is really important. I'm like, all the problems I've had in marriage, if we had gone through that process, religiously you know i I don't know this small things like i feel like the part where you mentioned about communication um i'm I'm the type that if anything goes wrong i go like i will Mm. not comfort 
I would rather just, you know, downplay it until it's no longer there. But my question is, does it ever disappear? It doesn't disappear. Again, I don't know. Maybe it's just how we were raised or how we were taught. It to is deal. exactly how we were taught. We were yeah. taught, or okay, rather we were not taught how to deal with issues. You, you yeah. just picked up from what you saw. From our environment. Yeah. Yeah, from the environment. So you see the environments where things were never addressed. Yeah. So things are constantly being swept under the carpet, under the carpet, until they piled up and then you explode one day and somebody wonders what the problem is, whether you're losing your mind. <laughs> and then there's, there's the type where you're constantly fighting. You, yeah, you can't take criticism in any form. Your guard yeah. is always up and you're ready um, to fight. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's that's a, a bit of in it. It's a sign of trauma, I think. Because if yeah. you're always on guard, like you're anticipating something to go off every time, then I feel like that's something huge that you need Even to do. Even the one for keeping quiet is also trauma because you never felt like you're, you were hard. Yeah, my idea is You never felt hard, yeah. Old. So you decided to just you know. keep your problems to yourself. Yeah. Even the other one, you were never hard, the fighting one. You were never yeah. hard. You always had to fight your way. So you decide that and that is just the way you live. So this counseling helps yeah. you. Maybe at this point, the counselor is going to pick up that this is a trauma response from your partner and decide you need individual therapy. Yeah. Can you imagine how beautiful that would be? You're getting married to somebody who is having on their own individual therapy and you're having therapy as a couple. I don't know if you watch uh, the Joyride or if you've heard of them. No. It's a podcast. The, it's a, yeah, it's a podcast, a Kenyan mm-hmm. one of this couple. They're newly married, I think, one year, almost two years in. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of the relationship, which is how even their podcast came to being, mm-hmm. is when they, were, when they decide, when they got engaged, they mm-hmm. both went for, they started couples therapy. And then the wife yeah. told the husband, and how she got her husband to go for therapy. Then fiance is, she told him, I can't make it for my appointment today. And I don't want to lose the money because I had paid. How about you just go and fill in for me? And that's how he started therapy. <laughs> he so went beautiful. he went for that session thinking let me just see what this thing is about now that she has paid and yeah. ended up now taking up therapy so they both went for therapy individually and went for couples the premarital counseling and couples therapy and they say they do it to date they have and maybe i think once a month they go for oh. couples therapy look at that and this how uh, i think the the guy is 31 the girl is 30. So they're in their 20s when they're doing this. Oh, that's just a yeah. I feel like we need to hear from someone who's gone through premarital counseling to tell us all this, if it actually worked. I feel like some problems are, will arise whether or not you go through premarital counseling. But I feel like the equip, you know, the armor you're giving on how the to armor, do it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I feel like if you mm-hmm. pick... If you decide to go for premarital counseling, go with an open mind. You see, even you, there are these people who say they don't believe in therapy or they don't yeah. believe in going to talk to somebody. 
But maybe your families have insisted that you have to go for this premarital counseling. Yeah, when you're going, ch- and it's mostly men who are very rigid, when you're going, go with an open mind. Because if you go with a closed mind, you'll be wasting time. There's nothing you're going to gain from it. You'll go yeah. there for an hour, sit, hear somebody talk, because mm-hmm. you, you, you'll be constantly judging what they're saying. What is this person telling you? <laughs> Why is this person telling me I should discuss my money? My money is mine. This is stuff like that. No. And it's going to be very unsuccessful. Let me tell you now, that mentality actually comes, let's say couples who are going for that premarital counseling and they're being sent to a priest or someone who's been married before because they've been married for so long and their marriage is successful. Now they have all these, you know, ideas on how to make yours work in the event that you get married. But they don't go to professionals who actually know how to prepare you for such a thing. Like, I feel like this religious, you know, when you go religious-based counseling and you sense, yeah, because the pastor now will impose, like, you will not even discuss huge issues like intimacy and comfortable situation. You cannot discuss that. Exactly. Even conversations on intimacy expectations. Yeah. Like, what what do you expect? Yeah. Like, I I like to be touched this way. This is how you want, you know, how you communicate your sexual needs. And that is very marriages now imagine going to a priest and you're discussing something like that oh yeah Yeah. oh there's a time my aunt Mm -hmm. went for a counseling and the counselor she met was um i think was going through issues in her marriage and she was so negative about marriages my aunt from then she has never going to see a counselor or a therapist again based on that experience. So this woman was going through it and she was projecting. Yeah. So I, I think before you pick um, a counselor, ask yeah. around. And if in the first session you feel like you didn't gel, it's okay to move on and find another one. And good therapists are going to tell you that if you didn't uh, gel with me, yeah. we're not vibing it's okay. There's no need to come waste your money here to please me. You're the one who is going to, you decide. If you don't like me, we're very many. Find somebody that you can, who understands you and you understand them. Like you have a vibe. Yeah, true. So, so we don't know anyone who has experience with couple with couples, Nini, premarital counseling. It would have been good to hear, to hear their view. But yeah, you can also tell us because uh-huh. you've gone through individual therapy, yeah. so you've worked on yourself. Mm-hmm. And through therapy, you have had an insight. Have Have you had any therapy sessions with your husband? Um, Once. I think once. How was it? Because I feel like that is um sort of counseling. But now this was in the marriage. Now imagine if you're having that uh, session outside yeah. of the marriage how would it have been like what would have what would the experience what was the experience it wasn't it wasn't as bad because i feel like he was brought in because i could not communicate my needs openly like the therapist had to tell him openly on my behalf like this oh, so she was what, speaking for you yeah it's like this is what munira wants this is what she's all about you know and it felt like at that moment we were actually strangers and we were so deep into the marriage, like we took kids down the line and 
it's at this point that we are actually saying what my needs are. Now imagine if I went through premarital counseling and I discussed my needs prior, my worries prior, my fears, everything prior to getting married. Like now we are two kids in is when I'm actually saying these are my wants. And we expect someone who's been married to me for this long to actually start picking them. You know, they'll be that rigid. Yeah. They'll be rigid yeah. about it. Because he's used to a particular way. Yeah. He's used and to you that you had given him this version of you. Maybe it's the version you thought he wanted to see when yeah. you're holding back a lot. Exactly. I feel like premarital counseling actually brings out all those things into the surface so that when you go into marriage, you don't have this back and forth, this discomfort that comes with it. Like you can actually just freely communicate. It's like, okay, you came home at this time and I'm not comfort, I'm, I'm not comfortable with it. When you come at this time is when I want, you know, I'm comfortable with it. But when mm. he comes ten and he's supposed to come home at seven or mefura and you're not saying why mefura, you see? Yeah. And he doesn't why i feel like it's very important if my sister actually wants to get married in the near future i think this is what this one I'll, I'll actually drag her hand and take her because it will it will solve so many things mm. yeah. yeah so what are some of the misconceptions you can see are there in regarding premarital counseling um i don't know i feel like i don't know I, one is um it's only for problems yeah. like let's just go deal with the problem that we are going like you're foreseeing problems and you're avoiding them so you're going to discuss them i feel like it's more than that it's just not problems there are positivity things about family uh how many kids do you want how is your love language do you like to hold hands when you're walking down the line? you know it's just how how are you going to communicate? Yeah, I feel like it's it's the misconception is that it's for people for couples who are in crisis. Yeah, like if not, you're compatible, like if you meet somebody and you're compatible and you feel like you just love them, you guys don't need counseling because you're not yeah. broken. You guys are okay. The premarital counseling is for people who have issues. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you're having issues, it's the sort of arranged marriages. Where I'm Joanie, really. So maybe it's for you guys. Go figure yourselves out as as we love. We are compatible with each other. We don't need it. So yeah, that's one of our misconception. Uh, on the point, on the point. Let me let me take you back a bit. On the point where you said about our religion, I feel like um in a tragic when you're going to discuss. Like, let's say this arranged marriage and you're going for premarital counseling. I think, and based on our religion, this is specifically our religion. It's at that point that you really have to ask your husband if he's willing to go polygamy. You know? Yes. Yes. As in, Apondo, you need to ask that uncomfortable question. Like, I need to know if my husband is going down the Going through going to be polygamous in yeah. what are his thoughts on polygamy? Polygamy. I yes. have an uncle of mine who told yeah. me, Lim, if you are if you ever meet somebody, yes, talk about finances, talk talk all these conversations we keep saying, talk about, have them, but also talk about polygamy. Because most women 
most women, most Muslim women, don't have these conversations with their husbands. And then years along the line, they decide they want another wife. And maybe this is something they've been thinking about all along. Yeah. So it's good to enter marriage knowing, and yeah, five years down the line, my husband might want another woman. Or my yeah. husband is not polygamous. So just just go into this relationship knowing, don't go and get heart attacks in future just because you are afraid of having <laughs> asking that relationship. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah, that one for polygamy is big because so many women yeah. So my, uh, uh, this same uncle was telling me that he knows people, he has mm-hmm. friends who are very polygamous, mm-hmm. but then their wives never had these conversations with them. So when they decide in future, yeah, the woman is so shocked. But this man has has been, and most men will start hinting that, ah, which is that after Bibi Mungine? I'm going to ask Bibi Mungine and you guys laugh about it. Kumbe is telling you. Like in men are weird. <laughs> Sorry. No, we love men. <laughs> I don't think okay, yes, they are weird in a way. But regarding polygamy, knowing you're marrying a Muslim man, mm. knowing that our religion advocates we are for polygamy. I feel like this this is a no brainer. Don't be ashamed of asking such a question. You need to know the sort of marriage you're getting into. You need mm. to know if you're going to have a co-wife in future and prepare mm. yourself True. if you really want to stay with this man. Because I feel like it's very unfair to get married to somebody yeah. and then they go decide to marry another woman and you're just left there confused. And if this man has told you yeah. that he is going to, he it's something he would consider in future yeah. and you start fighting him, it's also very unfair because you knew exactly what you were getting into. So you go cry, <laughs> feel all your feels, and wish him the very best. Because yeah. it's going, at least you knew. Don't let me, be let me, I, mm-hmm. I feel like, ask you this question. I, I feel like it will be a very controversial question, but here, here it comes. Can you mm-hmm. actually tell the way a man carries himself, the way he is around women and stuff like that? Can you actually tell? Do they have those telltale whatever? No, they don't have. But what I believe is every man... Okay, this is my belief. Somebody can uh, argue with me. Men are generally polygamous. I feel like as women, if we accept that... Yeah. Because from... I think it's just now that women are becoming very rebellious and they're cheating. They're they're gesturing that, oh, I can cheat too. But if you go back, 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 men have always been the one with multiple women. Even in traditional African culture, men have been the ones who have been polygamous. And that is because they're generally polygamous. So it doesn't matter how good a man is. It does not matter how good he is. Yeah. He used to come home seven o'clock. Yani, he treats you like a queen. Yeah. If he sees another woman he likes, it doesn't mean he stopped loving you. You know, there's this narrative that you can't love two people at once. Me, I feel like that's that's not right. <laughs> Men are capable of loving ten women at once. Because there's something yeah. they see in you 
that is different from something they see in this other woman and this other woman they're not mm-hmm. looking for and they want all of you because now maybe <laughs> it's up to four the four of you give him the complete his every need of his is being fulfilled by a different woman <laughs> why does that so sound so <laughs> me that's my opinion let me give a back story without mentioning names there's somebody i knew uh-huh. and this man i would have considered him he's the best man i ever knew i feel like he was the best person i ever knew and if he has to commit to one woman he commits to you 100% yeah. like if you came and told me this man was capable of wanting multiple women i would tell you you're losing your mind and i would swear i would hold the Quran and swear and tell you no way look at you now now he is going towards the polygamy route and i'm still in shock the times i sit and ask myself like what version of this man did i know because this isn't him and now that just concluded to me that all men are capable of wanting multiple women and if they choose to marry you are safe because they've chosen one and they're marrying her as opposed to the men who just sleep around with multiple women out there but you, i feel like it's, it's easier to pick that one that you want and marry them let me just know there's me and somebody else but you know the course to me and a million others let me tell you i don't dispute that fully agree but you know if if you go to the you go the religious way based on us as muslims like our prophet peace be upon him married wives like you can hear kinaf hafsa like close knit he would marry for a reason he would marry this widow because so that he can pass a message that widows are not you know cast away or something like that and he would marry for many reasons but where we abdi where we farah what what are you marrying ideally the polygamy in our religion yeah. is to kustiri mwanamke how do we say kustiri it's, i don't know to shame no it's not not is to protect protect yeah for example now as you said a widow a, a woman yeah. whose husband died yeah so now you're marrying her to give her a home and to have a protector because men are, are ideally protectors yeah. right so that's yeah. why he married he he married up to 12 wives yeah and this was to protect them but then our men now you see this young looking girl who can get any man she wants but no you decide we have a wife at home but let me add her when there are divorced women out there the married women the widowed women out there those ones you don't want but you want this young girl so i feel like the the priorities are wrong but doesn't um negate the fact that men are polygamous and in the society we live in yeah. sadly they're just going to marry so the earlier you make do with it i see women out there saying no a man who loves you will give will marry you or you'll be the only woman in his life i've had so many stories where this a woman thinks their husband is my husband they can even say their husband doesn't cheat yeah. so you don't know what he's doing out there so don't don't protect a man 100% 
trust them, love them, but also don't be shocked that my man can't do this. Always have one guard up that it's possible and they're polygamous in nature. Yes, and you, Aisha, you, Mariam, ask those questions in premarital counseling. Don't be shocked. <laughs> yes, you please just ask your man. Just find out yeah. where they stand. So as we wrap up, yeah. what are the practical tips that that you would give now that you did a study on it yeah. on premarital counseling? Um, tips in what way? <laughs> tips for couples considering premarital counseling. Oh, what oh. tips would you give them? What to look out for? Yeah, or the convert. Yeah, more or less. I would give one before you um before you choose a counselor or therapist. Just ask mm-hmm. around and hear about them. Like ask around, get reviews from other people about this person. So you don't go there and waste your time or you see like in my aunt's case, you find somebody who's bitter and then yeah. they start projecting on you. Just find somebody who understands their job. Yeah. Also <laughs> decide whether you want a religious person or somebody who is very liberal minded. Yeah, I was going yeah, to say. So maybe you're liberal and you go to a religious person, of course, you're going to clash and then you'll have a bad um experience with therapists and then you decide you will never go for therapy <laughs> so i have that as well wow um another tip i don't know i'm running out of tips but uh, this this question someone asked and it was like in relation to what your auntie went through is like would you go cans- uh, premarital counseling for someone who's gone through divorce but isn't premarital counseling very self-explanatory ama when you're getting married again yeah you're divorced and then you're getting married no, again. Going to a counselor who's divorced. Yeah. Who said that premarital counseling is going to guarantee that you'll never get divorced? Yeah, that's actually another misconception that the, the, the people who go through premarital counseling, like you go there thinking, since we've gone through premarital counseling, we will never, never get, get divorced. Yeah. There's something that yeah. you will clash and that you can never... Um, come from for example infidelity exactly you know you can go for counseling and maybe that man will say i i can never cheat on you but <laughs> he ends up cheating and that one was a non-negotiable for you if a man cheats on me or for example violence a man who hits you yeah. some things will like as muslims we normally say there's a prayer that you should pray before you get married for Allah to guide you. Yeah. In this if you've picked a partner so Allah to guide you to make the transition smooth to marriage. So there's a misconception that if you pray and everything mm-hmm. went well for you, you'll never get divorced. That's a misconception. It's not right. Yes, it yeah. went well because it's the person you're supposed to be with at the time. It doesn't guarantee that you'll be with this person forever. Exactly. So same as the premarital counseling it's just equipping you with with skills and things to to look to help your marriage a bit easier but it doesn't mean that this person is going to be perfect it's not you're not it's not going to mold you into the perfect couple yeah that that one is a misconception wow on the tips i would also say mm-hmm. go there 
with an open mind, as I had said earlier, be as honest and as open as possible. Yeah. Because yes, if you're going to marry this person, I don't see what is there to hide. So just be as honest and open as possible. We know in therapy, you're given very many exercises to do. Go journal, go surgery, do what? Do yeah. them. Don't, uh, don't take them lightly. Do them have discussions, and just commit to wanting to make your relationship better. Yeah. Be ready to share a person about your family, both family sides. I feel like that's very, very critical. Yeah. People normally say that you leave the past in the past. No. I feel like it's even good to know if uh, in this our day and age, ideally, when you're supposed to get married to people who've never dated and all, but in this day and age, people have dated very many people. Also yeah. get to know why your previous relationship ended and yeah. be open enough to say what you contributed to the downfall of that relationship because one person does not kill a relationship. You two have had, to, or the both of you participated mm. in the ending of the relationship. And also be open enough to admitting your toxic traits and working on them. Yeah. Like I say, for example, I struggle with maybe communication or mm-hmm. I'm a controlling person. Just openly discuss these characteristics that you have so that you can start working on them. And I feel like premarital counseling is the best place to have these conversations. Yeah. I feel yeah. like, yeah, to close it up, I, f- um, I know that maybe these young girls who are looking to get married and they are thinking premarital counseling. And I feel like the moment someone hears about counseling, they, you know, they start getting nervous and stuff like that. And you're going there with someone who is going to marry you. You may make the situation even more worse. I feel like that place is just the safest place. Your therapist is not there to judge you. It's very comfortable. You would, the fact that you're actually considering it is just your way ahead. Yeah. And this therapist is helping you have these hard conversations that you may be too shy or very uncomfortable to have. Yeah. So she is she or he is guiding you. Like today, let's talk about finances and you both sit down and talk about it. Maybe when you two are having your discussions alone, you're mm-hmm. just there telling each other how you're my sunshine, you're my all that. But you, but this therapy is not going to help you bring these conversations to light. Yeah. Let's just see it. See a premarital counseling as an investment in your future together. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, you're just starting your relationship on on a beautiful <laughs> slate like this we have invested in our relationship yeah i feel like, yeah the unknown makes someone unconscious you know not knowing mm. what to discuss in that place makes someone just generally but wow yeah yeah and please people should encourage each other to just mm-hmm. seek therapy in any sort whether you're not get looking to get married yet okay. Just work on yourself. More so work on yourself. Okay, so I'm personally not in therapy at the moment, but I am working on myself. I'm reading a lot about tools and mm-hmm. the internet has everything on how to work on myself. And I'm starting to be honest with myself about conversations, uh, about who I am, 
mm-hmm. about my toxic traits. Yeah. And also looking back at past relationships, mm-hmm. be it friendship, family, everything, and the role I played in 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 it failing or not working. Yeah. Because we're so used to attacking and pointing out other people's faults and not mm-hmm. our own. So I'm at a place where I am really aware of what it is also brought to the table. Why did this friendship die? Why am I not talking to so and so in my family and all this? Slowly just work on yourself. I feel like now if you work on yourself and then go for yeah. therapy, you're yeah. even making the therapist's work easier. You can cover more in a shorter time. Because you're more aware like now. Just, you're more aware. You're very yeah. much aware. Consume content that is is bringing these things out. It's making you think outside the box. Surround yeah. yourself with people who are also bringing this out. They're not just, you know, you can have friends who are constantly hyping you up, telling you how you're the best kid. Have <laughs> friends who can also point out your faults in a good way and are there to support you as you go through these things. If a friend comes to you complaining about something, tell them also this is where you played. You know, let's just be honest with each other. This is where you also did wrong. And yeah. you're the one on the wrong. I think you should apologize. Just have such friends who are honest with themselves and you. Yeah, okay. Twine up, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, not for you, for everyone who's listening, actually. Like, if maybe you've interacted with someone and the first thing, I think it's easier, it's, it's even more for us people who are aware of their, you know, their faults and what they need to work on. You interact with someone and you play, you plainly tell them, but they need to see a therapist. Would would that be offensive? Uh-huh. Like, do people take it when you tell them, hey, by the way, the way, what the are way their you thoughts? Yeah. What are their thoughts on therapy? Like, can you openly say that to someone? Yes, ideally, yes. Mm-hmm. But what is the misconception of therapy? You're crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Something is wrong with you. You're yeah. a crazy person. You're mentally unstable. So now if you tell somebody, I, I think you should see a therapist, they think <laughs> that yeah. um, you're, you're telling them that they're mentally unstable. But yeah. you can't, I feel like when you tell somebody, I think mm. you should see a therapist, tell them yeah. why you think. I think oh, you should but... see a therapist because I've noticed you have trauma towards ABCD. I have addressed a certain issue with you and you're also always on the defensive. So I feel yeah. like that's because of trauma. I think you should see a therapist. But to just plainly tell somebody you're having a conversation, like, I think you should see a therapist, they might take it offensively. Wow. So just explain to them why you think. True. You see, like, you see communication, that also goes back to communication. If yeah. you leave it at that, if, if it's somebody who doesn't know me and they just come and tell me, I think you should see a therapist, I'm like, yo. <laughs> You don't even know me. Why would you suggest that? <laughs> so just tell the person why you think they should see therapy. Okay. And everybody should, whether you're happy mm-hmm. or not, go and seek therapy if you can afford it. True. Now, yeah. as we wind up, I want are you are you're done, yeah? I can I want to leave mm-hmm. you with a quote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this quote we used and uh, by Mark Twain. To get the full value of joy, you must have someone to divide it with. Oh, wow. Why do I feel like that? 
this is in relation to premarital counseling. Come on. <laughs> but not in relation to marriage. No. I feel like, yeah, I think it's the same thing. It's in relation to marriage because me, I feel like I'm okay alone. <laughs> but then this is like, if to have the full, what on joy? To get, to get the full value of joy, you must have someone to divide it with. Wow, I feel attacked. <laughs> but it's a beautiful quote, nonetheless. Oh, it was a good topic. Yes, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a very nice discussion. Mm-hmm. You see, we can have a conversation, just two of us. It actually went well. Yes. Love yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> so as long as, I feel like one the the conversations where you're just alone it's not a conversation it's just it's a monologue that yeah. one is a bit boring but if you have two different opinions um, two different opinions views. you can have a conversation and the podcast can keep going yeah it was a yeah. good yes it was a very good session thank you guys for listening till next uh, time follow us on instagram Follow us on Instagram, follow us on Spotify, rate us on Spotify. Yes. And we wish Saumu a speedy recovery. We hope she can be with us soon. Yeah. Yeah. So bye. Till next time. Bye.